How are you? I'm um, not feeling great. Are you not feeling great? But you're not like feeling. I've heard about this virus. There's a virus <laughs> going around. I don't know. If I... Huh? Did you get tested? Um, no, 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 no. Such a dick. You, you don't have no, 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 a temperature or a cough. Or <laughs> no, no, no. Right, anyway, okay. let's do this. My you ready? Yeah. All right. Good evening. Welcome to Karl Marx Does the Washing Up. Yeah, I'm Elias Kassam. I'm Shaitali. And, and today... So, do you remember many Mercury retrogrades ago? Mm. Well, actually, no, because Mercury's always, always in retrograde. retrograde. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but many moons ago, I was living in East London, and it was season one, and I looked into the mirror, the bathroom mirror, and oh, I discovered I that I didn't have a soul. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, I remember. And I'm sure our listeners remember. I discovered, I discovered that, like, maybe a year before, okay. that you didn't have a soul. <laughs> well, anyway, this caught me off guard, and we had a lot of discussions about it, didn't we, in season one. But anyway, now I've moved to North London, and I've got a new bathroom oh, mirror... And I was looking in the mirror, and I actually discovered that I've got several souls. You gained these souls in East London or North London or moving between the two? I don't... It was on TFL. <laughs> I don't exactly know, but all I know is that I believed it strongly enough in that moment. Like, I believed it so strongly that I actually did some research, because I don't really know anyone that's had several souls. I don't even know any... Even Justin Bieber. Well, exactly. But I don't know any literature that contains it. So I did some research, right? And I found one reference. Okay, Are you ready? Okay, that's it. So in the 18th century, your favourite century, <laughs> there was a group of French doctors who considered themselves to be doctors and philosophers. So they called themselves Le Médecin Philosophers. Oh, yeah, I know these guys. Yeah, you know these guys. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a theory, and I'm going to read out this theory to you. So every human being is comprised not of one soul, but of several souls, all of which are governed by a single ruling soul. And this ruling soul governs our outlook on life, our beliefs, and our essence of being. So have you heard of this before? I wrote something about something similar <laughs> yeah. many moons ago. Oh, really? But it's slightly different. Let's hear this thing before. All right, fine. So I think this is where the theory gets really interesting, right? Uh, because the ruling soul changes, and it can change due to three things. And they've listed these out, so it can change in response to a momentous event. And so, you know, we've discussed like how your beliefs can change following the death of a loved one, Yeah. right? But it also says following the birth of a child, or following the first time that you say I love you to someone. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. It can also change in response to a prolonged period of solitude. So that might be why, you know, during the pandemic, we've seen people's views on things maybe shift quite dramatically. So maybe they've got a new ruling cell. Or it can change naturally as we age. Like in the same way that our cells maybe regenerate every seven years. Maybe our ruling soul changes. Ah, so you mean so we have like seven or eight souls in us and yeah. it switches between these which soul is ruling? Yeah. There's not a separate ruling soul. It's one of these souls that rules. Yeah, so oh, there's yeah. A, okay. a consortium of souls, right? And then one ascends. Yeah. And then a new one ascends and then a new one ascends. Ascend, you mean just like takes the place? I've kind of made it sound like a seamless transition. But actually what these guys were saying is that actually it's like similar to a king being overthrown or like a dictator being overthrown. So it's quite a violent transition. And they've actually listed some symptoms that occur when you're going through this transition. So it's like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's because they're doctors, right? So it's like this inner turmoil. And are you ready? So these are the symptoms that they've su suggested. This is for any change to any soul. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for any changing of your ruling cell to a different ruling cell. Okay. So low energy, yeah, low mood, appetite changes, poor sleep, increasing amounts of doubt and indecisiveness, and then in extreme cases, suicide. Should the, I mean, this sound, besides the suicide, this is pretty much... Our daily existence, yeah. right? Which well, means... I mean, I feel like that is my ruling soul. <laughs> uh, the transformation is the ruling soul. Yeah, and they were saying these those periods can be prolonged if you fight oh, against okay. the transition. So maybe we see that when we've got a culture versus a new culture and we're struggling to accept that. Yeah, I mean, I think that is always the case. There's always this kind of transformation where shift is kind of uncomfortable, ugly... That's not the most interesting thing about this theory. Of course not. No. <laughs> so what really got me was that, so if we've got seven or eight souls within us, right, and each soul governs our essence of being, then that means within us there's a multiplicity of people and some that we may never meet. And it got me thinking about who is really good at reinventing themselves because they've accessed these different souls within them. So basically, like everything, it's all about Michael Jackson. No, it's not Michael Jackson, even though Michael Jackson is really good at reinventing himself. But I think this person's even better at reinventing oh, himself. Oh, there's a specific person we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and this specific person believes in this theory. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I got it. We're just playing Gusta. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, if I give you a clue, it's your favorite poet. Oh, yeah, of course. So that is bonkers because my theory was actually Wait, an abstraction. Are you, you're just yeah, going to okay, say Fernando Pessoa. Yeah, it has to be Fernando Pessoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he obviously created loads of characters, right? And they all wrote different poems. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the, when I said I came up with something similar, a few few years back, I started writing about heteronymity, which is... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, yeah, exactly that. But I don't know if he has a ruling soul or he sees one as ruling. He's like in this constant conflict of all these souls fighting well, with each other. Well, he's written a poem about oh, it. Oh, okay, of course. Yeah, oh, so, so he... Oh, so he he believes in this. He's in... Oh, yeah, yeah, he actually yeah. believes in it. And so he wrote a poem. It's called The Tobacco Shop. Oh, and wow. it's by Alvaro de Campos, yeah, yeah. which is a heteronym of Fernando Pessoa. I'm going to read it to you, right? Okay. So I'm nothing. I'll always be nothing. I can't wait to be something. But I have in me all the dreams of the world, windows of my room, the room of one of millions. Nobody knows. And if they knew me, what would they know? So apparently that's his poem in tribute to this Confederation of Souls theory that he ascribed to. Ah, really? Yeah. So that, that's been, like, analysed to be this Confederation? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Sorry, sure. the, the theory's title is called the Confederation of oh. Souls. <laughs> <laughs> I should have maybe referenced that. This is an extensive amount of research you've done. Yeah, yeah, almost too much research. But it did get me thinking, how did he manage to access the different souls within him? And is that something that we should all be trying to achieve in our lifetimes? But did it? What did it bring him? Did it bring him? Well, you're the Fernando Pessoa expert. I I don't know. I think all his poems are a testament to the Confederation of Souls. I think it's just th that idea is kind of present in everything he does. Like everything he writes is a contradiction of itself, and then everything, each heteronym of each other contradicts each other, and they just rebirth each other into new new realms. Yeah, but then that makes me think that if we could access all these souls, they would just contradict each other. Like, it's almost unhealthy to be able to access every single being that you could possibly be. Yeah, but I think that's it. Like, it's, as soon as you kind of can accept any form of identity and then you try to, like, map out who you are yeah. as an identity, the only sensible way to do it is to and create an infinite amount of, of identities. And as soon as they're linguistified, they contradict each other. 
Because for me, the idea of a confederate or like what I was talking about, like this idea of like <laughs> contradicting uh, souls is only because like as far as as long as you're going to try and explain it in any kinds of words, they can't make any sense. Like you're just one singular thing. But as soon as it enters into words, it has to be an infinite number of souls. But, then, but I don't know if that's not really what anything to do with what you're saying. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I think it's a really fascinating theory, and I think I've accessed at least a view of the several souls that I have within me. How many souls have you? So, so do we all have, possess the same souls? We possess differing souls. Differing souls. So there's not yeah. like. It's not like we all have the same eight souls. Yeah. So do you have any? Have you like? Because you know Fernando Pessoa is he's like named each one. Yeah, he yeah, knows yeah, that he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But we've obviously just had that prolonged period of solitude, haven't we? Where we were in a pandemic and most of us were spending time you know in our houses and not seeing as many people as we normally would or whatever but i didn't I mean, really mine's been 10 years we've <laughs> 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 been just seeing me <laughs> yeah but i didn't necessarily get a shift in anything or a shift in my beliefs or anything but we have kind of seen it haven't we in terms of society there has been a big shift in some of the things that people believe and things like that like for example we've been seeing people become a lot more political or we've been seeing people a lot more conscious of their health, or maybe people a lot more conscious of being clean. And I don't know if that's because there's been a generation of new ruling souls. But then do the individuals have to abide to that? Because there's always a counterculture, right? Yeah, well, this is what I found difficult about the theory. It, it almost suggested that once a new ruling soul wants to take over, it can't be stopped. So yeah. you can't seem to be able to go against it. Yeah, I, I, I sort of believe that because I think if you like look at how things are happening, there's something controlling it which is outside of people. Yeah, like it's like the people yeah. create this thing, but it's a being that lives between people. You know, like so whatever ideology that's emerging, you don't you don't know where where it's emerging from, right? Yeah, and I agree with that, and I think that would probably result in some turmoil within myself if there is like a new view being pushed upon me. Do you have to accept the view or do you just have to accept the movement of that view? Right? Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like as in if there's going to be a revolution but you don't you don't support the revolution, then you just kind of you can not accept the views but you can accept the the sort of the fatality of the revolution like that it will happen. There's yeah. nothing you can stop. Yeah, but if we like take it to a more intangible thing it's like when my grandma passed away I, I did shift into becoming more Hindu and then perhaps that was a new ruling soul coming in that made me want to become more Hindu mm. and I don't think I could have stopped that but would you want yeah you're right but would I want to I don't know either if I would want to because you're talking to something that you've kind of always sort of revered or wanted like yeah 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 it's exactly. not that i like started becoming more pedophilic yes right <laughs> i just tended towards little boys <laughs> yeah but i mean could this theory be used in law to suggest that you were not always a pedophile but something transitioned in you and then you became a pedophile i'm not a lawyer but maybe there's something there so you're saying if you're a pedophile, <laughs> use Fernando Pessoa <laughs> as a litigator. <laughs> well, I did think it was really fascinating that this theory sort of appears in the 18th century and then just completely disappears. Like it didn't get a lot of traction. People don't really talk about it now. So I think it's not something widely believed. But it does seem to tick a lot of boxes in what I, I view as maybe might be true. 
I don't yeah. know if you feel the same way. Does, does it have any relation? How many? Is there a number? Is there a specific number? I, mm. I said seven or eight, but I don't know. If no, so they just they just use the word several, which normally does mean between seven and ten. So if we look at a dictionary definition of the word several. Is that what you did? You yeah, yeah, I did. I was like, this is, several does feel quite specific to me. That several yeah, million. yeah, maybe because it sounds like seven. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I assumed it was seven or eight. I th- thought maybe you told me that or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's so, just something that you could maybe... Pre- yeah, no, definitely. So like when, when I first got sick, yeah, yeah. I kind of, and you know, I was like, this is probably more than a cold. <laughs> and then, so, so it lasted we just, a long time. we just clarify that you didn't get sick with... Coronavirus. coronavirus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't get sick with <laughs> coronavirus. I have had ME, chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah, whatever. Which is basically every the symptoms of everything you just described. But basically, when I realized like this is here for a little bit longer, I decided that I was going to split my life into four pieces. Yeah. It was like, you know, fine, I'll be an investment banker when I'm like 70 or 80 <laughs> or something. But now I'm doing the old age thing or whatever. So I realized like, because my, my habits in my life had to change drastically. Yeah. And I realized they're no longer compatible, but that doesn't mean I'm actually changing as a person. It's just that there's this kind of new life or new order that is going to stay with me for a certain block of time. And when that time kind of moves, then I will have another, a different order of life. And I feel like once I accepted that, there was really like a lot of kind of relief in the sense that, you know, I'm just doing, I'm just grooving this shit for a while <laughs> because I'm just going to live life in a different order. Well, I, I do think there's definitely some beauty in that and there's some managing an illness in that way. But I just want to clarify, when you say order, when you said that you split your life into four pieces, in my head that was like breakfast, lunch, <laughs> dinner, and then bedtime. <laughs> but I don't think that's what you mean. No, I meant like in like 20 year phases. There's like childhood growing up and then there was me like kind of dicking about, but like I felt like this was me growing up in this. I, I get that moment when I was like 18, 20, I was like maybe finding myself and then I sort of thought I had found me and this is like, not, this is kind of my life and I'm living like this. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I got sick and it shifted everything out of perspective and then I'm like, oh shit, things don't work the way you like you thought. So I was just like, okay, so I did that bonkers bit now. Now I'm going to do another bonkers thing and it's going to be... But they're all going to be like different. Yeah, and there, yeah, was yeah. This kind of, there was this kind of process of mourning. Like I had to, I had to mourn my past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, and in a way that allowed me to kind of release it and depart from it. Because you build so much identity. Well, now that we've heard this theory, could you say that in the dicking about period of your life was one ruling soul... And yeah. then when you were sick, that was potentially a new ruling soul. Or would you say that you got sick because there was this internal battle in your body between two ruling souls? Yeah, maybe. No, I think that I obviously didn't have it in this kind of framework or concept. I was thinking in a time way. But I think the ruling soul kind of gives more body or framework. And it kind of makes sense. That's why I was speaking about it, because it kind of I'm like, yeah, you know what, that kind of, it's kind of helpful. It's therapeutic. And I feel personally, I don't know, if, I feel like I'm going through some shift now and I don't know where it's shifting to, but it feels like it's it's been happening for a while. And that that sick soul, you know, I'm always talking about, oh, oh those wonderful romantic days of being sick. Yeah, yeah that beautiful nostalgia. That beautiful, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Words and like endless pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> found God. When you can only eat rice. The rice days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But now it seems like it's kind of shifting out of that and I've got a lot of attachment 
to that. And I think there is definitely this kind of feeling that I haven't lost that person. Yeah. But he's not the one living on the surface. But are you excited for this transition or are you scared by it? Both, both. Are you both, yeah? Yeah. But you're not, you're scared, but you're not actively resisting it, right? I am actively oh, you are? resisting it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, but yeah I, I think so. But Is like, that just attachment to the previous ruling soul? Like, yeah, are you excited true. for what this new ruling soul could bring? Yeah, 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 I am. But that's why it's both. It's fear and excitement yeah, yeah, together. It's almost like moving that, to a new city, isn't it, or something? Or yeah, yeah, moving yeah. to a new relationship or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, but once the excitement exceeds the fear, then faith is born. Yeah, that's true, because then you're ready for whatever yeah. might happen, right? But at that stage, you're not ready for it yet. You think they're level pegs. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that last few days, something's been happening. Yeah, and yeah. have you got the symptoms? The low mood, low energy, oh, yeah, fatigue, have actually. appetite changes? Shit. No, but I thought sleep. that's from resisting. Yeah, it is from resisting, but it might also be just a normal transition. Shifting. Yeah. I feel like I'm sort of releasing that there might be a transition. Wow. Do you think we should record this episode again in a week and see if you've got some completely different views? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Maybe <laughs> I might. Uh, <laughs> I might just have like a prescription for Viagra or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, it, so what's happening in your, like, are you no shifts? You've never had a shift like this? No, I think I've definitely had shifts, but I've, it's funny because I've always tied them to momentous events in my life. Isn't and, that what they said? Yeah, but they also said prolonged solitude or just naturally. And I think I've been using momentous events to maybe shift my perspectives on things. But I think maybe I've been reluctant to let them happen naturally. And I think that's something I want to get better at. As in the just the without a momentous event, just shifts occurring. Yeah, just shifts occurring. Mm. And they might be gradual shifts, but they might be sudden shifts. But I do want to be welcoming of these shifts. And I think I've noticed that maybe... You know, recently I feel like I'm not as happy-go-lucky as I used to be and I'm slightly more pensive and slightly more mysterious. Well, I'm, actually, I use those words. I'm sure other people would use the words like moody or tired. But I'm welcoming of that, right? Maybe it's nicer. I think, I think you've been resisting it for a long time. You think so? I, I feel like I see a lot of resistance in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. you. I was quite attached to that happy-go-lucky yeah, character. Yeah. Which is exactly what I was going with. When I was talking about the thing, it's exactly the same because I was like that happy-go-lucky thing and I was like, this is my identity. I'm that fun guy who's always yeah. just full of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that's who everybody wanted and everybody liked. And then I was like, then I, that's the thing I kind of had to mourn. But it also never, it was never lost. Well, I do think it's really beautiful, this idea of mourning your previous life or your previous ruling soul because that is not mentioned in the theory. When you talk about mourning, what did you do? I mean, I didn't do it actively. I only came, like, use that language just now, oh, thinking right. about it. We're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was that. It was that morning in the sense that there was this tension. So I got, I got diagnosed and told, like, la, la, la. And then I had, like, a sort of, along with all the kind of symptoms and la, 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 I had a kind of identity crisis or something. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah. find myself always having to, like, justify my behavior yeah as in like this isn't normally me this isn't what i do like you know i'm this guy i'm this guy who does all this yeah yeah, yeah. Like actually... justifying that to other people or yourself or well, probably to both. other people as yeah, well yeah, and yeah. both but like i kind of had to almost and i felt like this need to talk about being sick which although i'm doing now i don't feel any need to <laughs> <laughs> these days i actually don't really enjoy it that much that's not true you're always talking to me about how you loved being sick yeah yeah but you're you're like just an extension of myself yeah. 
Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I felt like there was this this attachment that I had to prove to people that I'm still Ilias. I've just got this thing. But really, what I realized is that nobody gives a shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and actually that this thing that was happening to me, it's, it's serving me. It's serving to transform me into more more of the Ilias that I used to value, but just in a different form, in a more like, in yeah. a softer form, in a way which is like, kind of, in a sense, deeper and gives birth to new things or new experiences of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like before I was 20, I never thought to ever sit in a room quiet doing nothing for an hour. Like that just sounds like, why? Yeah, yeah. And now you're doing that for 10 hours a day, right? It's <laughs> no, like now, it's, now it's shifting out of that. I did that for like... Ten years, and now no, you're like, actually, oh, yeah. now I'm going into banker life. <laughs> no, but it does make me think that, because I've spoken to a lot of people who believe that actually you don't ever really change, that maybe your core being is the same as it was when you were, you know, 18. And Freud always says that, you know, the first five years of your life shape your entire existence and things. But I think this theory does make me believe that we do actually shift and we do change who we are. And maybe we are capable of reinventing ourselves. Hmm. I, I didn't I don't know if I, those things they don't seem like apparently contradicting of each other to me. Maybe I just haven't understood confederation of souls properly. <laughs> yeah, but I suppose it goes down to what you think a soul actually is because they think yeah, the yeah. soul is your essence of being. So all of your beliefs and all of your outlook on life comes from this. So if you do change to a different soul, you would in theory have a different outlook on life and a different belief system. See, I, I sort of kind of assume that the belief and outlook on life is different from the essence of being, that the essence of being is so much more, like, primordial. Well, that's what Plato said, didn't he? That the essence of being is just you at a primordial level. I yeah, know, who are we? Who are Qu- you? Quoting I can't believe Plato I said so Plato. <laughs> We're actual um, philosophers now. But what do you think the essence of being is? Because I do kind of see it as my outlook on life and my sort of belief system. Yeah, no, I don't see that as... I see that as the... I think that's why I think these two fit together is because for me, like, I feel like I have got, like, a unified kind of essence. Yeah. Which is this intangible life force which emits some kind of morphing but simultaneously consistent energy, right? And then that combined with the body that it inhabits the education and conditioning that it experiences, the people it comes into contact with. Yeah, 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 It builds, uh, like, an articulate or articulable kind of, I don't know, ethos or raincoat. And that's what I would say is that ruling... It's like a ruling... um, uh, maybe ego or maybe yeah like ruling, ruling person ruling yeah, yeah. Form, identity entity ruling entity so you have like a essence and a ruling entity when essence gives birth to a variety of entities and then those entities uh, shift between who's holding the remote control <laughs> yeah okay fine so so if the essence changes the variety of entities still remain the same no, I'm saying the essence doesn't change. Oh, because this theory is saying the essence changes. The essence changes. So the essence and the... So the values are born out of essence. Yes, exactly. So if your essence changes, then uh, in theory your values would change, which is why yeah. I don't think the two things can live yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Like I think if your ruling soul changes, then that would necessitate a, a complete shift. 
No, yeah. I think what I just said is what I kind of believe in, which is, but maybe that's just because I'm a compatible with this. <laughs> or one of me is. Well, um, I just, I think with this theory, though, it does allow me, if I believe in it, to suddenly shift my character into a completely new sphere and allow me to reinvent myself in maybe a way that I hadn't foreseen before. Like, it might give me a confidence to do that. Yeah. Like, I could all of a sudden, you know, quit my job and but go think, and live on a farm or something. But I think that is your ruling character. That is what <laughs> has been your ruling character for so long, is that person who thinks he can just shift everything and leave anything and just become... This is where you haven't had a full-time job. For like. <laughs> full-time jobs are overrated. But I'm surprised that you don't adhere to this theory as well. Because I think I consider you as someone who's maybe shifted identities during their short lifetime, right? Yeah, I do. But that's what I'm saying. Identities. Like, I feel like that... You um, think your essence has potentially stayed the same? Yeah. Well, I think the essence would be something, if it does exist, then something kind of just much more, I don't know, like a spiritual, for lack of a better word, than what what we're really talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, I don't know, when you explained to me this theory, I felt like a lot of sort of kind of correlation with astrology. Well, Maybe also because of several, and for some reason I thought eight. <laughs> maybe there's like eight planets, and maybe the kind of planets govern the soul. But also if you go to like, you know, you go to anywhere in London and do yoga, and then... <laughs> <laughs> they they give you some cards to pick from a deck. Or yeah, you're confusing yoga with like tarot reading. Yeah, okay, tarot. Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's this kind of feeling like so like in a lot of this kind of shamanic practice and a lot of these more sort of new age kind of ideas, they talk about like a spirit animal, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they say your spirit animal can shift to a different animal. Ah, I thought and it was more of a constant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so there's this this kind of sort of idea that. So I've done like uh, shamanic journeying and yoga nidras and stuff, which kind of you, they're sort of like you journey into your subconscious and then you find like all this imagery yeah, yeah, yeah. and you get, by the shaman, you get kind of introduced to your spirit animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's changed over different times. And they say that this is, this is common because it's like what you need to be guided by at a certain time in your life. Wait, you're just going to leave us hanging? You're not going to tell us what your spirit animals were? Well, I mean, I feel like I've always been a squirrel. Always. Well, so it hasn't shifted, even when you got sick. No, well, then there was a horse, but I'm like, no, 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 get out of here. I'm a squirrel, <laughs> bitch. And that's you resisting the shift, yeah, this right? Is, yeah, exactly. So it, it it seems, I think it's maybe got more, yeah, more prevalence than... Yeah. What What's really fascinating is that these guys were really, really pro-science. So because they were medical doctors, but they were also philosophers, so the, the theory is nothing to do with astrology or anything like that. It was to directly contradict this Christian notion that we have one soul. Uh, we have okay. one singular soul. And it did get me thinking, like, even as a Hindu, I still do kind of believe that we only have one soul. But I don't know if that's just my westernized version of the soul. Like, I don't actually know what I would believe as a Hindu with regards to a soul. Yeah, because you believe God has so many souls. Yes, exactly. Right? And I believe if I believe in a myriad of gods, then it's quite easy for me to believe in a myriad of souls. Mm, yeah, or maybe that's the kind of the that's the mechanism of humility in Hinduism that God has multiple souls and you only have one. That's probably a fair trade, yeah, right? Fair, yeah. Well, I'm glad. I feel like I'm convincing you to come on board with this theory. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm down with it. It's just the kind of 
maybe you want it dressed up in a bit more of a spirit animal way. Right? <laughs> no, it's just like, so when I was saying about the astrology thing, I think there's still an understanding within all of that that you're kind of one singular sort of oh, entity. Yeah. So even when um, you shifted from a squirrel to a horse, it was only a, a temporary transition. Well, I haven't done it since. Uh, right. So I don't know what's happened. Well, I mean, um, okay, we could do it. Like another reference would be Harry Potter. I don't know if you've read Harry Potter or seen Harry Potter, but they produce like a Patronus, which is like this animal from their one that protects them. But the animal is constant for their entire lifetime. And maybe that's meant to represent the soul or one spirit animal. Yeah, something. I think that is like, I guess that's the sort of spirit animal, the guide. Yeah, but it does make me a bit upset that one would have the same spirit animal or the same soul their entire lifetime. I like the idea of it shifting because I like the idea of us learning more and developing who we are as a people. But you're also quite attached to the idea of marriage, right? Being married to one person, raising, you know, kids. <laughs> so I guess the, the the question is like if you've got this fluctuating confederation of souls, can you still marry one person? Well, maybe this is why relationships break down. Maybe it's not because because we one person believes in confederation. <laughs> no, because our ruling souls shift. Yeah, and maybe you're no longer dating the person or married the person that you thought you were, but it might be because they've got a new spirit animal or a new soul. Are there any accepted timelines of this? Because of like, <laughs> there's something about seven years that you hear a lot. Do you, do you hear about seven years? Yeah, every yeah so our years, cells eventually regenerate every seven years, right? And there's... I no, think, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but also because of that, a lot of... There's a lot ah. of narrative around things Is shifting. that where it comes from? Yeah. And I think snakes shed their skins maybe every seven years or something. Which is very important, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In a, in a marriage. <laughs> but there is a narrative, isn't there? And we talk about the seven-year itch. You know, if you've been dating someone for seven years, yeah, yeah. you should propose or something. Because I've heard quite a few times that if you can make it past seven years, then you're then you're sorted for the rest of life. So maybe that comes from the idea that... Wait, so if I'm now 31, so I've made it past seven... No, no, you've got to stay with your girlfriend oh, right. for you seven years. Make it past the age of seven in childhood, and then you're like sorted. I think you're pretty sorted then. Yeah, yeah that's I true. Mean, I suppose infant mortality and everything. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you make it past seven years with somebody, then apparently that's when you know the relationship has legs and it can last. And it's But maybe that's because after seven years, at least one of you has gone through a shift of your ruling soul. And if you can stay by somebody when they shift their essence, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you can stay by them for... Yeah, 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 all their essence shifted. No, but I think that's really beautiful to me. But it does make me think: Why would I want to stay by someone when they've shifted their essence? They would have to have something which remains consistent. Yes, it? exactly. But would that? And even it wouldn't be looks, would it? Because looks change. So what would it be about them that stays consistent? The looks thing, I still don't get because the looks. They do change, but they also stay the same, right? Like you still look like the pictures of you when a child, even though you don't have any of the same cells. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Actually, that's... So Which, is it the looks that stay the same? I guess it's the DNA that's consistent, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think maybe maybe this, this obsession with consistency is just because it's too complicated to live in a world where you need to identify as something. So we create something which is kind of regular to kind of give us some sort of grounding or like yeah, 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 that's belief true. that we're not just vapor. Yeah. And maybe it is all just an illusion, but I feel like I can't really get to that until I spend like 30 years of unconditioning. But then is it so terrifying to just 
be an illusion or be a vapor. And maybe, maybe it is actually. And is it so terrifying to be I think one the government consistent so entity? Right? The only thing. I feel like, how do you tax a vapor? <laughs> That's true. Okay, so I don't know if we've got anywhere, but I think I'm definitely... Where were we trying to go? Well, I was trying to convince you about the Confederation of Souls. Yeah, I'm down. Because I want someone to join me in this belief system. Yeah, yeah, for sure, sure. Because, like I said, it kind of died in the 18th century. No one's really brought it up ever since. I mean, if Fernando Pessoa believes in it, then I'm down. Like, you don't need much more than that. To yeah, yeah, but me. didn't our parents always tell us not to blindly follow our heroes? I, I don't think our parents have met. <laughs> just because they haven't met doesn't mean yeah. they won't have the same. My parents was like, just follow your hero, but make blindly. sure your hero is me. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's why I knew I could win you over. Because if Fernando Pessoa does it, then... Yeah, but the truth is, like, the fact that Fernando Pessoa believes it also proves that Fernando Pessoa doesn't believe it. Because of his heteronyms, there's bound to be... Like one that, that doesn't it. believe in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that one that does believe in it. Yeah, there's not going to be much more than one, right? And also, he's got 40 heteronym. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got like 70. Yeah, but it did make me think that why can't I just have a belief system when I'm with you, but then have a completely different belief system when I'm at work? But that is how you do. That is how you live. You're the only person I know who does that. But you're also very protective of me learning of your other belief systems. That's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right. Have you got anything to add? I guess we just got to try and shift. Or like just release, like... I think at the end of the day, this is all points to one thing, is faith, really. And like letting go, like to let go that the things that... Th- this is very consistent with everything we've always said on the podcast and with the yeah, way yeah, we yeah. try to live our lives. I feel like you do it quite regularly. I fail a lot. But is to just be like, yo, we don't have that much free will. Yeah, the yeah, world yeah. kind of has this strange, wonderful way of moving and working things out. So let it do that. Yeah. And and that involves pain. That yeah. does involve some pain. You've got to have faith. Yeah. Even if it's just apathy, but <laughs> faith or apathy that the world is more powerful than you. Yeah. Like, I know it really liked what you said about having excitement and fear. And you want to try and get to a space where the excitement is greater than the fear. Yeah. Because that's where faith is. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, truly for me, I mean, I guess it's maybe harder if you don't believe in some kind of god or spiritual something yeah but i don't think that's necessary but faith for me is kind of the answer that kind of sorts everything out but i think the issue is faith maybe as a word has some negative connotations yeah yeah yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like like, blind following but you could have a faith in just like a general optimist it's like faith manifests just as an optimism that Yeah, yeah, yeah the hard shit has a function yeah but also we have faith in lots of other things like for example i only eat heinz baked beans because i have faith in Heinz as a company, producing the best baked beans available. Okay, this that's wrong faith, because they don't. <laughs> um, what do you like, the strongest brand around? No, it's just the ruling soul. But yeah, I, mean, I guess you've got to follow the ruling soul. Buffett yeah, yeah. the ruling soul. Uh, this is becoming a very communist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's also going to be filled with adverts. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. By the way, we're like big time now. Yeah, now we've been signed, guys. We've been signed. We're... Yeah, we might have to change the name. I don't know if Karl Marx would... Wash up. Yeah, or have adverts. No, but I mean, would Karl Marx talk about anything we talk about? You don't think he had faith? He had faith in his manifesto. I don't don't even know who Karl is. I (laughs) thought he was just Groucho's cousin until like last week. Um, I love your theory. I mean, and the fact that you mentioned Plato oh, and you did man. some research. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Is we should happening? edit out all the... Yeah, we should, edit, yeah, we should definitely edit out anything of uh, value. Yeah, we don't want to alienate our audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> all right, now let me try and figure how to turn this off.